When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. I'm Greeny, and this is ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You just heard from Christine Lisi the latest information that we have on the only story worth covering today in our NFL insider extraordinaire. Dan Graziano is making his way back into our studio here. Hembo is here. Bubba is here, um, and Cam is with us here. And we'll, there have been some small changes, uh, not so small, really, in the makeup of our show that took place over the Christmas holidays that I was going to talk about today that certainly do not seem anywhere near important enough to do that, so we will do that at some later time. What is important is that Dan Graziano shares with us anything that we can. Dan, as you said many times this morning, like the list of things we don't know is far greater than the list of things we do. Everyone understands that. This is a story that gets handled a little differently than trades and free agent signings. But for those who are just turning on the radio and and are not really up on things just from the very top, take us through anything that you do know. The hit happens on the field last night. Um, He falls down to the ground after getting up. Medical personnel from both teams surround him. Uh, Apparently, according to the statement that the Bills put out, resuscitate him, restart his heartbeat um, before, and then do CPR for about nine minutes before loading him into an ambulance. He's taken to a a hospital, University of Cincinnati Medical Center, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, a level one trauma center in Cincinnati, where he remains. And um, the Bills' uh, statement at 2 a.m. said he was in critical condition. Um, there is a, a, a family friend and marketing rep of his who's sort of making the rounds on Twitter, has appeared on some shows today, that, that says he's there and is in contact with the family. He says that, you know, he, he tweeted last night that his vitals were back to normal, but they were putting a breathing t- So all those details. Um, the Bills went home. The Bills flew back to Buffalo uh, from Cincinnati, and there is no update at all on the status of the game, which is suspended indefinitely. Um, but there's no one that I've found. And again, you try to be delicate in these situations as a reporter uh, and respectful and polite. Uh, but n- even on background, I, I haven't been able to get anybody to talk about what might happen with the game. So that everyone's mind is on... Uh, DeMar Hamlin and making sure he's okay and, and hoping for the best. As I said on, on get up, like I, I, I thought we'd have more information by now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this is, it's a reminder. This is not a usual story, right? Like, because most of the time there's a certain, you know, rhythm and flow to a lot of the news stories we cover. And, you know, by 11 o'clock in the morning, the next day, we would know at least something. So obviously very sensitive, obviously very concerning uh, situation and, you know, as soon as we have something more, I'll I'll run right back in here. For anyone who wonders, and because that was the first thought that entered my mind <coughs> when you when we <coughs> you told it to me in our meeting at six o'clock this morning, and then you made it very clear. You think why would the Bills have gone back to Buffalo? I'm sure many yeah. of them wanted to stay, but as you pointed out, these teams check out of their hotels right. before they go to the stadium to play these games. They can't just show up with 200 people at one in the morning and right. say, you know, we need room. So. 
So they didn't have anything else to do but go back to Buffalo. And short flight. You know, if they did need to get back there on short notice, they could do it. But again, that's not something that's being discussed. Yeah. And, and so we won't sit here and speculate by any means on whether the game is going to be played, should be played, needs to be played, how they should handle that. These are decisions that I personally am thrilled I myself don't have to make. Yeah. And, and <coughs> others will figure out how they're going to do it. The, the one thing I did not know that you're just telling me for the first time is that a person associated with DeMar Hamlin is is offering some information, yeah. understanding that this is I, I want to preface this. No, no, it's I say this is not confirmed information. This is coming from a person who, um, well, you tell me, but apparently is close yeah. to Hamlin and or the family. What what is that? Because that's news I don't have. Identified himself uh, uh, on Twitter last night as a, a friend and marketing rep and uh, has, again, been making some appearances this morning to to update uh, on, on his on his condition. So, yeah, but again, he's not offering a lot either, right? So I think they're obviously keeping it very tight. And, and I mean, let's be honest here, like, the family's waiting for information, right? right? They're right. going to get it before we are, mm-hmm. and 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 maybe long before we are, and that's that's what's important right now. So, um, yeah, if he's a, if he if he's a friend of the family, it, it, how much do they know, and how much are they comfortable sharing? Those are the steps that that he would have to clear. So, yeah, I, I it's it's wait and see. I, I really wish I had something more to report on this and i hope that i do relatively soon but it's one of those stories greeny where you can't you know you can't be in a rush like right. like there's no right. you can't you're not create, be as aggressive on this story as you huh. are on on a, a normal football story you can't create information that doesn't exist and no one expects you to and so we all will just sit here so then let me ask you a question a different way as i've said to this audience now here for the last hour and six minutes that i've been on my thoughts today are going to be somewhat discombobulated and disorganized because I don't really know what you're supposed to say on a day right. like this. And I can't make up my mind what I think. And what I opened by saying is that all of us who are connected to this sport, obviously I didn't play it and neither did you. Nope. Um, but you and I both make our living in it and we both love it. And I think anyone listening to a show like this probably loves football um, that I think intellectually we accept that there are hazards, that these are, these are yeah. people doing a dangerous thing. But at least somewhere subliminally or somewhere in our subconscious, there's a limit to that. Like, yeah, that Achilles could go any minute, you know, or, or even we've even come to accept things like brain trauma. Like we have become conditioned to say, well, that whoop, whoop, he's going to have to be taken out. I hope the independent spotter sees that. That could be two weeks. I wonder how that's going to impact their chances of making the playoffs. Like these are conversations we actually have about human beings potentially suffering like significant brain injury. And yet that, even that, this crossed into a new place that none of us are accustomed to. And it just has sort of shaken me up. I, I, don't, I don't know what to think because I don't know. I don't know what to say because I don't know what to think. I don't think you're alone. I, I think that's 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 completely natural. And I think a lot of people are feeling that way. Um, yeah, I think as football fans, we kind of make our, our peace with the idea that or maybe not make our peace with maybe we compartmentalize. Right. Like the possibility of something terrible happen to these guys that are performing for our entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um and that's something to keep in mind. I mean, if that if this is a reminder of that for people, and Dominic Foxworth was talking about it uh, on on Get Up this morning, like if that if this is a reminder of that for people, then then that can be something good that comes out of this. Um, I you know hopefully look. I mean, we all you remember 1990 and Hank Gathers and, and of course, 
obviously you hope that this has a different outcome. Mm-hmm. But you also hope that it's another 32 years before we're talking about something like this, that it's a freak isolated incident and not something that we have to accept as part of football. Uh, but yeah, I think it, it's, a, it, it's a very dangerous and very violent game, and, and these guys are at risk of serious injury to themselves every single time they, they take the field. And I do think that's important for us to remember, even as we watch and enjoy it. Greeny and Graziano and Hembo is here with us as well. <coughs> for those who don't know, Hank Gathers was a basketball player at Loyola Marymount, and he was on a really good team. Like they were a they they were a super high profile team. They played this fast paced style that made everybody excited about it. He had a teammate named Bo Kimball, and and they were like a national championship contender. And he was like a top level player. And he collapsed on the court during a game, and he died. And it was jarring. I mean, the entire sports world, as you say, thirty two years ago. I got a text from our friend and colleague Michael Wilbon. Reminding me, he said, Greeny, the coverage has been very good today, but we must re- remind people of Chuck Hughes. Oh, yeah. Chuck Hughes was an NFL player um, who was on the Detroit Lions playing against the Chicago Bears. And Chuck Hughes uh, got hit. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm reading a story here that is not well. It, it, it's sort of a, a story with a lot of color, so it's kind of hard. But it was October 24th of 1971. The long and short of it is that a player named Chuck Hughes was seriously hurt in a game. And by the time they continued the game, by the time the game was over, he was dead. He was 28 years old and he had died. Um, so this, and again, we, we do not, DeMar Hamlin has not died and we do not have any reason to believe that is imminent. Um, but th- this is not completely unprecedented that in a National Football League game, something akin to this did actually happen. That, that a potentially devastating, yes, injury would have occurred. Yes. Yeah. I, I look, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we're, we're, we could, we, we've kind of said what we need to say on, on the, the, uh, the, the bargain we make as fans with the game of football, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, if if people aren't comfortable with it, then they then they'll stop watching. And and if you know if you if you get to a comfort level with it, then you know you live in that space. And from time to time, you're jarred out of your enjoyment by something like this, which again is the correct way to feel. Um, it, it, there's a lot going on. A lot of people are are, are you know offering thoughts and prayers and and well wishes. Um, you know, you you think about I. I, I, I've said this before. I think too many times people think about the football players as like characters in a TV show they watch on Sunday, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to like real human beings. And I think uh, it's important to remember, ideally it doesn't take something like this to remind us of it, but I think for, for many people it does. And I don't think that's a, a, a flaw in people. I just think it's, it's the kind of the, the sort of the way the thing is set up. So um I just, you know, Marcus Spears was talking about it. I think of his mom at the game and going to the hospital with him in the ambulance. And, like, as a parent, like, all you, not all you want, but, like, the baseline of what you want, the bare minimum, is when you go to bed at night you, you, that they're okay. Yeah. And he's not. Right. And that's what his parents are dealing with right now. And, and I just, anything we're talking about in terms of football and the game and everything like that is, is, has got to be secondary. Yeah. Now you have a, a son who you just took off to college. So he's not that far in age from that. I have a daughter nope. who's 22. Uh, DeMar Hamlin is 24. So yes, I can put myself in that. And I can't put myself into that mental space, but I can, I can fathom that it's got to be about the worst thing in the world. So Dan, if there is any further information, you'll let us I know. Will. Obviously keep working the story again. It's, it's a day where all of us are struggling to come up with the right ways to, 
say essentially the same thing, which is that this has basically shaken a lot of people in and around the world of football a little bit to their core because it's just not something that we ever expected to see. And we don't really know what to say. I can promise you, however, that if there is any further information to pass along, we will. And I'll tell you about another day that this reminds me of to at least some degree as we continue in a moment. This is Greeny and you're listening to ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Presented by Progressive Insurance. We're also brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. And we come to you live from the Seaport District of Pier 17. Brought to you by Chase. Uh, Hembo is here. <clears throat> Bubba is here. Cam is here. And we are continuing to uh, wait for, for more information, however we can get it. And we will, of course, provide it to you. When there is any further news on the condition of DeMar Hamlin, again, if you're just joining me here, I spoke to a cardiologist from Columbia University on television this morning who changed my perspective, at least from a timeline on all of this. I I, I am so used to, I guess we all just become conditioned to this stuff. <clears throat> well, you know, I get here at six o'clock in the morning, by eight o'clock, we'll know something. And she was saying things like that the first few days are critical, which suggests that this information may not be something we have immediately. <clears throat> and... I'll tell you what I thought of uh, when she was saying that. And, and again, I want to make it 1,000% clear that the decision on if and when to start playing football again, be it for the Bills or for the Bengals or for any other teams, those are for other people to make. I'm not sitting here speculating, and I don't even know. I don't know when the right time to start thinking about that is. I know it isn't right now. But we had Herman Edwards on TV <coughs> this morning. 
And it's the first time I've talked to Herm since he came back to ESPN. And I love Herman. For, for those of you who have been with us a long time, you may, Herman is one of my absolute favorite people. Forget about sports. You will not find a better human being in any walk of life than Herman Edwards. It has nothing to do with how good a football player he was, how good a football coach he was, or anything else. He's just a genuinely great man. And one of the real bonding experiences that Herman and I had is that we were uh, together at an event for a charity that I've subsequently become very close to and do work a lot of work for, which is a 9-11 charity called The Voices of September 11th. And we were together. I was the MC of an event for them, and he was the speaker. And he told a story that for some reason I did not know. And that story inspired the September 11th special that I subsequently produced and, and hosted for ESPN on September 11th of that year. But here's the story when it comes to whether or not games should be played. So September 11th of 2001 takes place. It's a Tuesday. And the NFL has a lot of decisions to make about whether or not they're going to play games. Baseball, of course, you will recall postponed games for some period of time, a week and a half, I think it was, or whatever it was, and they came back and Mike Piazza hit that famous home run, all that stuff. Pro football, of course, it's the routine of a season is that they're supposed to have games that coming weekend. And there were a lot of different considerations taken into place. Herman Edwards told a story that he entrusted the leadership of his team. Because again, they, they, they practice in the, basically in the foreground of what was then the World Trade Center of, of the Twin Towers. They saw the smoke and everything from where they work out and so that as that week was going on i don't remember now if it was wednesday or thursday of that week they were supposed to travel to oakland to play a a game that sunday and herman said he told his players you guys go meet i'm not going to be in the room you guys go meet you decide what you want to do and whatever you want to do is what we're going to do and then Vinny testaverde one of the leaders of the team at the time came back and said coach we don't want to play And Herman, and again, I'm not doing this justice, to hear him tell the story is to have goosebumps for the rest of your day. Herman said he called up the NFL office and said, I don't know what you've decided to do, but just so you know, if there are games this Sunday, the New York Jets forfeit. We're not going. And I know a lot of them believe that that is the, one of the reasons that th- there were no games that weekend. Now, I have no idea. For all I know, they would have. I, Paul Tagliabue is a man that I've come to know, and he's a sensitive person. And I, for all I the overwhelming likelihood is they wouldn't have played that weekend anyway. It is an extraordinary kicker to the story when Herman tells it, and, and uh, you're sitting in a room full of, a hushed room full of people who are mesmerized by him because as a speaker, he is second to none. And the thought washes over you that that's the reason they didn't play. So why is that jumping into my head this morning? A, because as I've said, so many different things are coming into my head. The other is because I think there are some very difficult decisions ahead for uh, the people <coughs> in the NFL. And and I don't envy them having to make them. Um, because at some point, the business of pro football will have to continue, and, and including for the Buffalo Bills. The time to start thinking about that certainly is after there is some clarity on the condition of DeMar Hamlin. And, of course, what his condition is will determine that as well. But anyway, that thought just, just jumped into my head. I thought of that story and how there will be people who will just say, look, we're, I'm not doing it. We're just not doing it. And um, 
I have no idea if that's what the outcome of this is going to wind up being. We'll have to wait and see. Um, anyway, Bubba, I've not come to you today, and th- these are difficult days to know what to say about anything, but just as a fan of the sport and as one who, you know, obviously follows it closely and makes your living in it and everything else, just what what thoughts do you have today as we await news on the condition of the Bills' DeMar Hamlin? Yeah, I mean, I think kind of what you were saying earlier, we kind of just get desensitized to all the the violence and things. I was watching it last night and just kind of half watching it, um, putting together stuff on the Google Doc, throwing some sound on there. So I had the game on in the background and, you know, saw there was the hit and didn't really think anything of it um, because we're just kind of used to those type of hits. And, and like you even mentioned, players, been, I remember when Utley and Bird, those players were paralyzed. Mm-hmm. And, and that's almost kind of just like a thing in football where you're like, oh, okay, that's that happens in football. And I... You know, saw the saw the hit, didn't really think much of it. Saw the the replay, saw him fall down. Even when he fell down, I didn't honestly didn't think that much of it. Then I saw the circle around him. I'm still kind of working. And then when Joe Buck said they were doing CPR on him, I'm, that was I'm, I've never heard that before. And that's when I was like, oh my god, that's when it really you know hit me that this is you know like obviously like everyone else is saying this is now you know serious and you know life and death. And that's when it really kind of struck me that. We've now crossed over onto something that you've never really seen before. And it was just, you know, I, I just couldn't imagine what was happening on there. And it really just kind of took a different tone. Um, and I, I, it just kind of struck me just how, you know, prior to that, everything else just felt just so normal. You're just so used to these huge hits and players getting hit. Whatever the injury is, all right, yep, he'll be fine, whatever. Just he'll cart him off and he'll be back. But and once Joe said... Oh, they've been doing CPR on him, and we'll hope he'll be okay. And they they just stop showing everything, and you see the players crying, and then you really it really just kind of you know makes you stop and think about everything. It, it was really wild to see. Yeah, it it was the reaction of the players that I think made everything different because we 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 frequently we in fact perhaps overuse an expression. There's a difference between being hurt and being injured, and players know the difference. When you see a player in pain, it's very different from a, when you see a player when that player knows he's injured because he understands there are greater ramifications, and the teammates have similar reactions. Oh, no, that's his knee. He's going to be out for the season. Oh, no, that's his Achilles. He's going to be out for the season. Even, the as I said before, the immobilization of the neck when the stretcher comes out, that's something we're very used to now, the overwhelming majority of the time that is being done for precautionary reasons because we've learned that's the right thing to do so you keep waiting for these normal things to happen and then you realize the normal stuff isn't happening and the players are reacting to it so strongly in the in the moment that it's taking place i can't i can't fathom i can't picture being a, a, a in that position I, I can't picture being a player on the field and seeing this taking place and all the rest of it so again it, it's just a day where none of us really know what to say um, and we just keep waiting for some sort of good news, which I remain hopeful that we will receive. I, I remain hopeful that we will receive some positive report coming out of Cincinnati that I, th- I think will enable all of us to exhale at least in some way that we haven't been able to do <clears throat> since sometime last night. Um, and then and then we can start figuring out where it goes from here. But until that time, th- there's nothing to do but send whatever good vibes you have out there into the universe and if, pr- if prayers are your thing, then by all means offer those and whatever else there is. Because this is the kind of thing that you hope you would live your entire life and never see happen in a game of football or anything else. 
Uh, anyway, I'll pause briefly on that thought. We will have more as we continue. My name is Greeny, and you're listening to ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Greeny with you here on uh, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. We continue to wait for any word uh, from Cincinnati or anywhere else on the condition of DeMar Hamlin, the young player for the Buffalo Bills, who, of course, sustained some sort of injuries last night and uh, is in critical condition in a hospital in Cincinnati. And as soon as there is any further information, we will pass it along. And in the interim, as I opened my, the television show this morning by saying that two things we're not going to do is we're not going to speculate. We don't know. I don't have any information that you do not have. Any information I get, I will pass along immediately. And the other is we're not going to start talking about whether or not these football games, this one in particular, needs to get played. I, I don't know that. And I think a lot of it will be determined by what winds up happening in the next few hours or days. And so we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. As I said I don't know what the right time to talk about that is, but I know it isn't now. So in the interim, let's let you hear what some of the people who've been on with us have said. Um, Dominique Foxworth, I know, felt a particular way. um, And he joined me here on the radio at the very beginning of our show today. But I want to play you a little bit of what he said on TV this morning. I know a lot of people had a strong reaction to it. But Dominique felt... Well, let's just let you hear it. This was Dominique Foxworth with us this morning on Get Up. As a former union president, when we are fighting in the CBA for uh, financial opportunities or for health and safety considerations, don't call us greedy. There is no cap. As we have learned, there is no cap to the amount of risk that the players are taking. There is no cap to that. And I know money's not all that important, but let's be honest. That's, that is America's love language 
is financial, but there is a salary cap on the amount of players. And so there's a cap to the amount of risk. And I don't mean any disrespect to Robert Kraft or or um, Jerry Jones or Shad Khan or Clark Hunt or any of the owners of teams. Like, they deserve to make a ton of money. Cool. Knock yourself out. But there's a cap to the amount of risk that they are taking when they show up to the games on Sunday. The worst thing that can happen to them is they're going to lose a football game. There is no cap to the amount of risk that the players are taking to entertain us and to make a lot of money. So, like, I understand that maybe it makes people uncomfortable for me to be talking about salary caps this morning. But I always go back to that because not every the small percentage of the players who play professional football make an amount of money that is life changing. They all deserve it. So that was Neek this morning. <coughs> I could feel, because I sit right next to him when he is on our show, I, he was shaking. I mean, he, he, you know, there's a level of passion and emotion that is going on with uh, the players here, as, as I think more than anything, they're struggling to process it. And what I heard Dominique voicing there is something that I think a lot of us feel even on normal days, and that is, Hembo, if there's any wisdom that I can impart here just based solely on having spent 55 years so far on this planet, which is a lot more than you have, it is that one of the worst things we have in our culture right now is this mad dash to be angry. Like when something happens, the first reaction everyone wants to have is, I'm going to be furious about this. I'm going to state my outrage more strongly than anyone else does or possibly could. And I'm going to do it right this second. And of course, that is almost never, if ever, the best reaction to any circumstance. So what happened last night will create a lot of emotion in a lot of different people for any number of different reasons. Um, But I struggle to figure out why angry would be one of them. If you're angry, I'm not sitting here. I'm not going to suggest that your feelings are not legitimate. They are your own, but this idea that there works in like, so I got an email from someone I don't know who said that one of the reasons they don't call these games off immediately, just immediately announce this game has been postponed or canceled or whatever it is, is because they want all any and all medical and emergency personnel to be able to enter and exit the stadium without 70,000 people all trying to leave at once. I'm not sitting here telling you that's what happened last night. I don't know what happened last night. I know that the NFL says that this this idea that they were given a five-minute warning or whatever that is called, that that did not in, in actuality happen. Sometimes I think we expect perfection in circumstances where perfection is not on the list of options. Everyone involved was dealing with a circumstance that was potentially catastrophic, very, very close to unprecedented, and everyone was doing the best they could under the circumstances. And sometimes I think you just have to accept that. And the mad dash to just be angry at someone is definitely not doing anybody any good. And I think that's what Neek was reacting to. Most definitely. If your initial reflex here is to be outraged at the NFL for not postponing the game fast enough, then you're missing the forest through the trees. Let's also not forget that there were literal heroes on the field last night that brought this man back to life. I mean, his heartbeat was restored on the field is not a hyperbolic way of saying what happened. It was the Bills' official statement. If anything, what happened last night, what transpired on that field, is proof positive 
that the, the, the mechanics that the NFL has put in place works. And Lord willing, save that man's life. Yeah. That, that is the way that it feels. Um, so Jordan Rooney is a spokesperson for the Hamlin family. He was on Good Morning America today. This, this would have happened while I was on, so I haven't heard it at all. Uh, so you and I will hear it together. But he offered, I have that on which page here? Sorry, give me a minute. I will find it. Here it is. Um, this is Jordan Rooney offering the latest update on DeMar Hamlin again as a family spokesman. This is now several hours ago on GMA. So I can't speak specifically on his medical condition. I will say is that, you know, he's fighting. He's a fighter. Um, you know, I, I felt like in the moment it, there needed to be some clarity that, you know, he, he was at a he was awake at that time and um, now he's sedated. So, um, you know, the family's in good spirits. We're honestly just taking it minute by minute, hour by hour. Okay, so that, that's an update that we we're able to get there. And there's, there's no reason anyone needs to be prying. The family is who needs to be involved in this with the medical professionals there, and they'll figure out what they need to figure out. And then when the right time comes to let the rest of the world know what's going on, that's when they'll do it. Um, and, <coughs> pardon me. And so um, I think your, your perspective was a good one. And Mike Tannenbaum talked about it on TV this morning with us as well, that when all the football players are busy going through all of their rehearsal and all of their preparation to play in games, that these medical teams are doing the same. And it was striking of the many things that happened last night, how quickly they got to him, which is amazing. And we may look, knock on wood, we may someday find out that that saved his life or saved his his uh, circumstance coming after, greatly improved his prognosis. We don't know that yet, but how quick it can only be a good thing how quickly they got there and how quickly they were able to start administering medical care uh, to a person who obviously needed it so to go all the way back to the beginning i think when you're a football fan one of the many things that has always appealed to people about football is the inherently violent and dangerous nature of it and we all not only accept that, but I think we kind of like it. And we say, oh, my man, look at that hit. That guy got lit up. Wow. Look how hard he got hit. All that kind of stuff. Man, is he going to get up? Is he not going to get up? And Dan Graziano said it well, because football has become more than anything a television spectacle, <laughs> that sometimes I, I do believe we think about the players as though they are characters in a TV show, like when you see something terrible happen, Stace and I have started watching some of these shows now. You know, I, I don't know. There's this show White Lotus that everyone's all excited about that I'm being told I need to start watching. I don't know. But if something terrible, I don't know what happens on the show because I haven't seen it. But if something terrible happens to one of the characters on the show, there are actually no repercussions for that. Right. And. Sometimes I think we think of that as well. Uh-oh, that guy went down. He's hurt. Uh, you know, move on to the next play. And, and we forget that these are actually people. There's, these are not actors. This is not a movie. It is reality television, but it is reality that happens to be on television. So, um, you know, maybe this is a sobering reminder of that. I, I don't even know what I'm trying to. I don't even know what point I'm trying to make anymore. I'm just trying to talk through the things that are coming in and out of my head. Uh, here was Booger McFarland last night on, on Monday night. Uh, the coverage, of course, they when the game is 
postponed. They start talking to all the different people that we had there. And this was Booger last night with some of his thoughts. We break bones. We, we, we have surgeries. We get concussions. And like as football players, we're conditioned to deal with those things. Like that's a part of our game. When you bring CPR out, you're trying to help someone breathe. We're talking life or death now. That's, that's, that's totally different than anything that I've ever been used to dealing with on the field. I've never seen it on the field. Like that's real. Like this is what we do is just a game. When you when you involve life and death, it's it's totally it's totally different. And those players feel that everybody in that stadium feels that both teams feel that that's that's something. Again, the rule is when we go compete, Mm -hmm. we're going to compete and then we're going to go home to our families. When when we involve life and death and that that's 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 tough. Yeah. And you know what? And I I know Booger probably as well as I know anybody at ESPN. And so what I'm hearing in his voice there, and and there's been a lot of this today, is that this is just not something that they're able to process because it's not supposed to be part of the deal. Like You're supposed to accept that certain things might happen. And we've all come to be very comfortable with that. Maybe more comfortable than we should be. I don't know. That's a different discussion. But another element that makes this story so powerful, so sobering, so jarring is that DeMar Hamlin is not the superstar quarterback that we all know. He's not the celebrity in all the commercials. He's, he's literally any NFL player. Mm-hmm. A sixth-round pick whose signing bonus included $160,000, the only guaranteed money in his contract. The cynic among us might say these are people that are assuming risk and the trade-off is generational wealth. But 99% of the NFL is him. Right. It could, he could literally be anyone. There are, I mean, most of the country didn't know who he was when the last night began, in all candor. Right. So there's something about this, too, that had happened to him. Could have been anyone, I guess, in some sense. And that's just a sobering thought for me. This right. The, the, but but uh, underlying the other thing you said, he, this is not generational wealth. I mean, this, this is not... He doesn't have Tom Brady's contract. I don't mean to use Brady as an example, but I'm just trying to think of who would have the most money of anybody. He he is not a person who's in that position. He's making his living in an inherently dangerous field, and this is something that happened. Marcus Spears was talking about it with us on Get Up Today. He's always very insightful and thoughtful, and I thought this was an interesting point. I loved playing football, man. Like, it was... The, the, the Sunday, the running out on the field on Saturday, the playing in front of hundreds of thousand people, it is nothing you can do to replicate that. Because like so many, we're living our dream, but we also have worked for this. Mm-hmm. And that's what comes to my mind with DeMar Hamlet. Dude, it's hard for a six-round pick. I was, I was drafted in the first round. I was going to get so many chances to play this game, whether I was good or not. I was going to get so many chances and so many opportunities because of the perception that people would have because I was a first-round draft pick. For a six-round six draft pick to be playing and living his dream for a team in contention that we've talked about having the opportunity to win a Super Bowl, I'm sure his family was enjoying and relishing in that moment seeing him play in this game. And now they're in this situation. Yeah, the next thing you know, you're his mother and you're being told to come down to the field and you're accompanying your son to a hospital in an ambulance. So that was it's uh, difficult to consider and uh, <coughs> difficult to process. I, I Again, I apologize for the cough. I uh, unfortunately have a bad uh, feeling it's going to be with us for a little while. So we'll just do the best we can. Um, Mike Tannenbaum, to the point you made earlier, Hembo, which I thought was a really good one, 
um, about how these people, the, the medical professionals on that field, their incredibly quick action may very well have saved a man's life last night. I, I don't know that, but it certainly um, was extraordinary to watch. And Mike T was telling us this is something that everyone is prepared for. There are practices and procedures that are prescribed by the league in conjunction with the Players Association. They're actually practiced and rehearsed not only in the offseason, but in training camp. And I think an important word here, and I'm just alluded to because of the um, gravity of the situation, how quickly there was medical care, is the coordination between the home team and the visiting team. Obviously, Buffalo was the visiting team last night, and you could see there was great coordination between the Buffalo Bills medical staff and the Cincinnati, Cincinnati Bengals staff. And to get DeMar to the hospital as quickly as possible, the actual the route of the ambulance it takes, all those things are rehearsed to give the players the best medical care possible. Yeah. Um, And and so that's so important. And um, that part of the process, certainly from my completely non-expert perspective, seems to have gone very well. And, And so I guess I'll finish it up the way I started it today, which is that what today has reminded me of, and I really, 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 really hope that there is one colossal difference between the two, is that I hosted the Sports Center special on the day after the legendary race car driver Dale Earnhardt was killed on the track, February. Um, what did we say? Two thousand or two thousand and one? Two thousand and one. And the next day, Kenny Main and I did uh, a special covering it. And um, again, we have no reason. I am not in any way suggesting to you that, that, that I believe that is what the outcome here is going to be for Demar Hamlin. There was no speculation involved in this thought at all. Except that <clears throat> what I remember most about that day was that the, the overriding conversation amongst the other drivers, and we talked to a lot of them, a lot of current drivers that day, a lot of former drivers, a lot of people who are connected to the sport, it's that while the inherent danger of it is always intellectually present. They never really process what might happen because if you did, you probably couldn't do what you're doing. You couldn't drive around hairpin turns at 200 and something miles an hour with 30 other cars on the track if you were actually actively thinking about the worst case scenario. And that's why the day after it happens, not only is there the terrible sadness, which there was then, but there is also this shock because... It's something that, yeah, I knew it might happen, but boy, I never thought it would happen. Kind of the way it feels today. One way or another, ESPN will continue to cover the news all day long, and we'll be back with the latest. We'll see you tomorrow. I'm Greeny on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio, or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.